tea with Toby. Tea with Toby. Tea with Toby. Welcome to season five of our Tea with Toby podcast. This season, our focus is all about elevating social care, and we touch on a number of key and topical subjects vital to growing care organisations. On this episode, I'm joined by James McCoy from the Human Services Division at Salesforce, and this episode is all around humanising digital technology. And what we discussed is tangible benefits for care providers, covering how we can adapt to digital systems with real-world outcomes. Let's dive in. James, awesome to have you on the show. Why don't you just give a helicopter view of who you are and what you do? Yeah, thanks, Toby. So my name is James McCoy. Um, I'm an account executive at Salesforce, and I focus specifically on non-profit social services and care organisations. So... I've worked within the Salesforce ecosystem for nearly 10 years, um, and that's both across commercial and non-profit. And in the last three years, I've focused specifically on non-profits. And I guess my personal reason for doing that is that I'm a firm believer that non-profit organisations should have or or be on a level playing field to commercial organisations when it comes to technology and the systems that they use. So... um, Salesforce is the number one CRM company globally and is used in industries from retail to education to non-profit. So being able to offer that experience or customer experience or um, online experience that you may use in your personal life, but in a care setting, I, don't, I feel like the care industry is underrepresented in technology. Absolutely. And awesome to have you on here. Let's just touch on that. Salesforce. People know Salesforce for the CRM, mm-hmm. but... Until we, you know, we spoke, we spoke to the team, we didn't really know how you guys have been doing a lot in the care sector for a while, non-profits. Yeah, absolutely. So you're, you're absolutely right. Salesforce was born as a CRM, and when people think of CR, CRM, and excuse that acronym, but that's Client Relationship Management, so yeah. looking after customers, clients, sales, marketing, that sort of element, and there certainly is the element of that in the care world, Yeah, but... Salesforce, kind of for non-profits, has focused on that service delivery, so managing mm. all those programs, being able to deliver the care and put a tablet or a phone in the hands of the support worker to actually record the data in that way. So I'd say not as well known in that area, but certainly growing, and that broader Salesforce message and why we're popular in those industries is certainly coming through in, in, in the care setting as well. Fantastic. Well, let's, let's touch on that. So for a lot of providers, digitising is a relatively new concept. Um, and in your own words, how would you describe what digital transformation is? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, and digital transformation will mean a lot of things yeah. to a lot of different people. I guess if you take a step back and break it down to its most basic form, it's replacing old manual paper processes with digital technology that can automate some of those. But at the same time, if you kind of wrap around the digital transformation project, it has to encompass a cultural change within the organisation to want to work in a new way. Mm. And it's often a reflection point and an opportunity to step back from the business-as-usual day-to-day running of the organisation, reflect on the goals and the missions of that organisation, and almost realign the technology to make sure that you're 
on the best path to achieving those. Mm. So if you think of point A and point B being the, your customer journey, and the most efficient way would just to be going a straight line, yeah. a lot of organisations, they might zigzag a bit. If it's a really poor process, they might loop the loop. And oh. so they get to the end, but they get there longer than they maybe need to. And for me, digital transformation is being able to correct that to make it as much of a straight line as possible. Absolutely. Now, some might think moving over to digital systems is a tick box exercise, but we all know actually it's pretty crucial for the future of care. Um, can you share some of the tangible benefits that providers can expect if they were to go on this journey? Yeah, and, and those tangible benefits will vary from role to role. So if I'm a support worker looking after people, I might see a dramatic decrease in the amount of admin that I have to do on a day-to-day -day basis. And the, the tangible benefit there for me is being able to care for more people and spend more, pe uh, more time with the people I'm caring for. So that will free up some capacity to support. Um, if I'm a registered manager, I might have tools that can give me the scheduled workloads of my team mm. and tools that allow me to optimise that kind of workload and schedule. The tangible benefit there for me is making sure that everyone has a balanced workload, which will result in a happier workforce because yeah. you haven't got people burning out because they've got too much to do. And if I'm an executive, that digital transformation, bringing all of that data into one place, gives me a much richer uh, and more trusted data set to make those data-driven decisions for the whole organisation. So rather than going on gut feel or um, this is what I've seen other people do, you're making decisions based on the data for your own organisation mm. to make sure you're, you're moving them forward. So you touched on all the key stakeholders in there and there's, there's clearly some benefits. Let's talk about implementation. Mm -hmm. Now, the care sector is known for not necessarily being that digitally savvy. It's getting better. Yeah. How can, how can, how can we help the individuals in these organisations implement digital, especially when they're not that technically savvy? Yeah. I, naturally, when you implement a new technology, there's going to be a spectrum from people that have been crying out for this for ages and want to get their hands on new tech and use it as much as possible, and the people that resist change and mm. like their day-to-day -day routine, and even if it is a little bit cumbersome, they're happy with it because they know it. And I would say when we talk about digitally savvy or, or tech savvy, I think the bar's been raised dramatically over Absolutely. the last, say, five to 10 years from people that really don't have a clue to, okay, so I think of my grandparents who stay connected to the world through an iPad and Facebook. So when we think about um, people who are digitally savvy or not, people are using digital tools regardless of their age, profile and demographic. So I think a good level of training, good documentation of your processes, and then the thing I've seen really great success in is creating super users or admins either per site or per team that um, can take control of the new technology and give the people that are struggling a person to go to and someone to ask if they're unsure what to do um, to keep that adoption high within the teams and throughout the organisation. Absolutely and I love the idea about uh, super users because even here we do a lot of research and development and we have champion 
champions for each individual bit of technology and you can go to them for that particular support. And also touching on what you mentioned about times of change, the pandemic really did accelerate the use of tech and it also brought new people into the sector as well. But let's talk about that. Recruitment and retention is a big issue in the care sector. It's one of the highest priorities. How or can digital transformation affect the recruitment process? Yeah, that's a good one. And you're absolutely right. We're seeing huge staff turnover within the organisation, uh, within the industry, people exiting, uh, I guess, an ageing population mean that there's the demand for more care workers and not being able to recruit fast enough. Um, and that staff turnover costs organisations a lot of money to retrain, hire, um, and basically affect the quality of the service that they provide with this turnover. So I would say digital transformation gives organisations the opportunity to, opportunity to offer a better experience to the staff. And by better experience, I mean an experience that allows your staff to focus on the work that matters to them, the caring and support of the individuals under them, rather than form-filling admin and manual tasks that that they don't enjoy. I think if you get that in place, you'll quickly get a reputation within the industry as an organisation that offers a good staff experience and and an opportunity to retain the, the staff you have but also attract top talent within the industry to your organisation because you're the place that's going to be able to give them the tools to do their job better than the care provider next door or the one in the next town. So I think there is an opportunity there to to retain your talent and attract even even more staff to your organisation. So it sounds like digitising affects everything. If we were to talk about the overall life cycle of a care provider, Mm -hmm. can you just talk a little bit about how it will be affected? and also how there will be a return in some of the other areas of the business as well. Yeah, so I guess the overall life cycle would start with referral and onboarding from the start, and that could be, you could be an organisation that takes referrals from NHS or or other organisations, or you could be a commercial organisation that has a sales and marketing arm that goes out and finds those people to, to be in your service. But... I would say that's where Salesforce, like I said at the beginning, is most well known. You can treat that process almost like standard CRM sales forecasting and, and filling up beds or making sure you're at capacity of a service. Um, I would say we shorten that process than you would typically see for, for a few reasons. So one of them would be the time to, from lead or inquiry to getting in touch you can shorten that hugely by opening up digital channels like live chat, like SMS, um, rather than just people having to give you a call. So you're removing those barriers, allowing people to get in touch with you and you to respond in a much more real-time way. Um, That has an effect on the organisation for a number of reasons. And I think the the biggest one is empty beds or not being at capacity costs the organisation money. And the better you are, or the quicker you are at filling those beds or maintaining the capacity of your service, you're becoming more efficient as an organisation and you can more accurately forecast that demand in need as well through recording that. So I'd say that's probably shortening that time from initial inquiry to having someone enrolled in your service. If you then move to the service delivery, 
The first thing is because it all sits in one platform, if we're using Salesforce, you can hand over seamlessly from that team to the delivery team. Data doesn't have to leave and go into a different system. So you're, you can be sure of the quality of the data and then you can enroll them in that service and manage that in the same place. So the onboarding becomes much more pleasant for your service users. You don't, they don't have to repeat the information back to you because you've already collected it and you can trust it. And then that service delivery moving from paper and pen onto, let's say, tablets in this instance, just allows people to be much quicker in what they do. So they already understand your care plan. They're, they're, any incidents or, or things of concern are being immediately highlighted to them. So you can trust and get a much more personalised level of service and things slip through the cracks far fewer because it's there in front of them. So that results in a better service user experience, a more professional, say, I would, I would compare it to an experience you'd maybe expect from a commercial organisation. Mm. If you're calling up somewhere, you, you expect that level of service that maybe the, the, the care sector doesn't provide currently. And then if you're through to people exiting and, and leaving your service for whatever reason, again, that's all kept within the same system. So anyone within the organisation can see from start to finish what's happened, what your goals, what your outcomes are, and being able to refer off to the right part if you need further care or um, close and exit the service if, if the goals have been met. So um, I would say if you take the whole life cycle, you can implement efficiencies and changes all the way through and just effectively shorten that process of, okay, it used to take us two months from someone getting in touch to take me in the bed. Can we get that, that down to one month and you've already halved that and you can take those incremental gains and it becomes quite big across the whole life cycle. Mm, that sounds, it makes complete sense, sounds super logical. But provide a listen to this now thinking, okay, I'm going to go on this journey, but I kind of need to kind of see how it, how, it, how it would look for me. Have you got like a case study you can share that can kind of illustrate and paint the picture of what it looks like in, in practice? Before we dive into the answer to that question, did you know 73% of people expect organizations like yours to understand their unique needs and expectations? And a whopping 98% of professionals say that they benefited from automation as it allows them to save time and focus on more customers. 98%? That's almost everyone. Want to find out more about what your customers expect from your service? Download Salesforce's State of Service report to discover the trends in the market and keep your business in the know. The direct link can be found in the show notes below. Now back to the episode. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll talk about one here, but this is also referenced in our nonprofits um, State of Service report. Yeah, we can um, link that in the, this, this description notes. Yeah, absolutely. So do read up on this, and, and there's a few more in there as well, but. Concern Mental Health UK are one of our customers and effectively they, their whole goal was to free up more time for their carers to provide better care and, and more time for the clients. So they removed as much admin and paper process from that as possible. So Concern Mental Health UK's mission is to improve the mental health and well-being of the people it serves. So with the paper-based admin tasks taking up valuable time, they felt that that was better spent 
on client care. So they turned to Salesforce to build a customized application on one of our products called Service Cloud that tracks the client's digital journey, but then provides staff with a secure mobile app that they can actually deliver and record the care as well. So they can find out who the next client is, it will give their address, they can move from client to client, house to house, but all through their mobile app. So that resulted in about three fewer hours per day of paperwork, mm. which is just time put back into better care. And then the rate of clients not attending appointments for the virtual ones fell from 16% to less than 5 So that meant that dropout rate was much lower. And the benefits are kind of twofold there. One, you're seeing those people and they're getting the care that maybe they would miss for, for whatever reason. But two, you remove all of that admin of rescheduling and following up and trying mm. to get them back onto the path of care. So that, that dropout rate is a key statistic and is actually a really big area that you can sink a lot of admin time in just rescheduling. Um, so, yeah, and, and the, the final benefit they get is they, they started re- exceeding their referral target by 10%. So there's a, a few different elements they saw off the back of that. Lots of tangible benefits. And I love the fact that it's gone from the complete life cycle again. Mm-hmm. What, what makes Salesforce uniquely adept to actually be providing care management systems? Yeah, this is a good one. Like you said, maybe not so well known in this area. Yeah. Um, and the benefits, I would say, are the, the wide-ranging capabilities across all of those different areas of the organisation. So Salesforce is often referred to as a, as a platform, and you can use Salesforce as a platform and build completely custom applications if you wanted to. But what we have now in this non-profit cloud is purpose-built applications by Salesforce for these different areas of the organization. Mm -hmm. So typically you might see a purpose-built piece of software that solves one or two problems in a specific part of the organization, and that will work and it will do what it's built to do. But in that area, that doesn't help the organization as a whole have a joined up approach when it comes to putting the data in one place and creating that 360 degree view of their service user. So Salesforce strength is providing one system to bring all of that data into one place and have all the different teams working from the same records, from the same data in the same system, be able to collaborate in a much more efficient way if we're talking about the referral and onboarding over to the service delivery. So it's that kind of breadth of uh, application that Salesforce provides, as well as the flexibility of some of the the, the automation tools. You can get really customised if you want to, mm-hmm. and there is a range. You'll have a lot of our customers use nearly everything out of the box that we've built, and then you'll have some more adventurous customers that want to get into the weeds and build their own and, and get quite custom, and you have the flexibility mm-hmm. to do that. So It's good to hear about the customization because every business is different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to talk about automation in a bit um, but I just want to know where do people usually go wrong we know ben- uh, digitizing loads and loads of benefits where are the places that people usually go wrong and if someone's just about to go on this journey what can you help them do to kind of say oh in this area you might want to x y and z yeah yeah I've seen a lot of good I also have seen some some bad for for whatever reason, I would say the thing that I pick up on the most is when organisations treat a digital transformation project as 
solely like an IT or technology project. Okay. So what I mean by that is they're replacing one or many systems that have been in the organisation for sometimes 10, 15 years mm. and they, they, they see the challenge from an IT perspective and they want to take out those systems and replace it and consolidate it into one. Usually, through just the evolution of, of those systems, the business processes have changed and altered into workarounds and doing funky things over here because of the limitation of the legacy system. Okay. So if you're trying to pull out a system and put in a new one with, let's say, a decade of advancement in technology, but you try and adapt it to the old business processes, you're going to end up with a poor experience because you're not utilising the last decade of innovation and you're trying to put in business processes that were created because of limitations around a previous system mm. into a new system. So for me, a digital transformation project has to involve three areas. You'd have the technology, you'd have the processes, and you'd have the people as well. And if you fall off away from one of those, you'll either have a failed project or at least a project that doesn't have the impact that you would hope for example, you've got a really good tech solution, you've implemented really good business processes, but no one in the organisation wants digital transformation. Your actual people just don't care about it. Mm. Therefore, they're not going to adopt and use that. Or you've uh, put in really good tech, the people want change, but you haven't changed your processes. You're just going to have a bad experience for those people. And then, again, they're not going to adopt the technology because they don't see the value. It's no better than what they had before. Mm. So all three really have to move in unison. And that normally involves definitely IT from the, from the um, tech perspective, but it involves the stakeholders of the business as well to optimise those processes and then bring your people on the journey as well, whether that's through webinars and updates to the business around what's coming, what's new. Why is this exciting? Just get them on the journey with you. You'll see a huge benefit in when it comes to rolling out. You haven't got all this hesitancy and hostility around well, why are they just throwing another system on me? I don't, I don't need that. Mm, and what you touched on earlier about people having systems but creating their own workarounds in just that area mm -hmm. and doing something else in silo. Um, we all know, we all know organisations who have done that. Now you touched on a number of different benefits for internal stakeholders are there any benefits for external stakeholders in terms of even things that people don't really consider yeah I mean external stakeholders if you're providing care depending on who you work with for me as, as an example if I need to find out anything about me using a service I will literally never pick up the phone and ask mm -hmm. if there's not a self-service way of doing it via an app to check my own details or anything like that, I just never bother. Mm. So being able to provide your care plan or friends and family a care plan to loved ones through an application and a portal in a secure way would be a huge benefit to the experience that you're providing on, on the outside. So that's utilising the same data that your support workers and internal staff are using, but just exposing it out there. Mm. So I would say... For me, if I had a loved one in a care home and I could see their progress in an app, that would be hugely beneficial for me and almost a reason why I would choose one service over another if they were equal but one had an app and one didn't. 
I would say the other, if there's, there's a couple of other internal benefits that mm. people may not talk about okay, around, I touched on it earlier, but your overall well-being of your staff by having the tools to be able to monitor caseloads, workloads, yeah. fewer cases of burnout within the organisation, and then also, I guess, being a more agile organisation in general. And the topic that you can go back to in recent memory is COVID hits in March 2020. People and organisations on Salesforce were able to spin up applications and helplines and around COVID specifically very quickly. So being able to respond to a changing world by having an agile application and, and, and a tool that allows you to do that is maybe a benefit that we don't talk about as much, but certainly helps you navigate new and unexpected circumstances. Absolutely, and I, I want to pick your brains on this. So taking a step back and looking at the wider picture, where do you see the future? You know, AI has been a topic of the year. We talked about automation a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. We'd love to get your unique perspective on where, what are the trends you're seeing? Where do you think things are likely to go? Yeah, this is the term that's kind of on everyone's lips. And I would say this, not the sole focus, but the main focus at Salesforce at the moment is, is AI. Right. If you look at all of our messaging around what we're doing, it's, it's all about AI. And the reason for that is one, I don't think this wave is likely to stop. I think it's just going to keep going. Um, and the speed of innovation is amazing to see, even at, at one company, let alone across the whole industry. And you can break AI down into two areas for me. The first one is predictive AI, which has actually been around for quite a while and is baked into a lot of, of Salesforce products. If you have ever used Salesforce and seen the term Einstein or familiar with that, that's our kind of predictive AI well, if someone hasn't seen it, have you got another example? Yeah, so predictive AI would be using our algorithms in Salesforce in a care setting to say, based on the data you've entered, we think this person is a high-risk individual. Okay. But no one's actually noticed that yet. It's used the data to predict that that person will be a mm. high-risk individual. You set and train that model and then deploy it in. But that's been around, I'd say, a number of years and is used uh, in various different ways. The, this new wave that's taken over is the generative AI stuff. So ChatGPT is probably the most famous version of that that people may have interacted with in their personal life and messed about with it, created mm -hmm. poems and various things. That's the area that Salesforce is investigating, rolling out and kind of developing these solutions at a rapid pace. And I would say in terms of trends, the first thing you're going to see in the business world, I think there's a lot of hesitancy and uncertainty. Mm. The default position for most organizations is to just ban ChatGPT from their organization so really? they can't use it. And the reason for that is, is it's a trust thing. They don't know what, they don't know what ChatGPT is doing in the background with their data that they're putting into the system. Mm. So putting your business data in the hands of a generative AI machine it's quite a large step if you don't understand the ins and outs of it because the pace of innovation is so quick. Mm -hmm. What we're doing at Salesforce is creating that trust layer so that there's a barrier between the AI and your business data and that you can utilize the technology but it doesn't retain or control any of your information. It kind of goes in and comes out. 
Mm. Um, so what you'll see there is once you've got through that trust barrier and they understand it and they're not hesitant, you'll see, I think, one or two use cases take off very quickly. The, the one that comes to mind in a care setting would be interaction summaries and note summaries. So if you spend an hour with an individual, record all your notes, that goes into the system. The next day, maybe that person's sick and someone else needs to come in and very quickly understand what's happening. You could ask ChatGPT or whoever, please summarise summarize the last week notes and give me the three key areas that I should talk to or ask about. And it will just be able to do that immediately mm. rather than having to pick through case notes over the last two weeks. Typically, how long would that have taken previously? You could be reading case notes. Say they're an hour visit and you're documenting, you yeah. could spend 15, 20 minutes, half an hour just mm -hmm. going through that to make sure you understand who you're, who you're actually talking to. But at a click of a button, it will just give you that summary. Awesome. If you're on the sales and marketing or, or external facing there, you can generate these um, emails to reply or personalised emails, again, at the, at the touch of a button. It's amazing how quickly that they can just pick up the way you speak, take the data and the relevant data, and just create an email. It's, it's, it's good to see. So it's, for me, going to become an integral part of the industry, or all industries, effectively. And the difference with this one is I think you'll see it happen on a much quicker scale because... Um, People are just getting started and you can see what's happening already. I, th I think it's, it's um, I wouldn't underestimate the, the wave of AI. It sounds super exciting and this is something I'd love to pick your brains a little bit more, but I'm conscious, yeah. of, I'm conscious of time here. But listen to this, I'd love to get your views on this. We're asking every guest who comes on this season a question. Forgetting about the how, in an ideal world, if there was one thing you would implement in the care sector, to make a positive impact, what would that be? Yeah, this, um, this basically carries on from the last question, but mm. I would say historically care has been a sector that isn't quick to adopt technology and maybe lags behind a little bit. Mm. I would really love to switch that around for AI because, in my opinion, I would love care to be the forefront of AI innovation because what better use or more powerful use of AI is to help save lives or deliver care and, and really what I'd want is for the AI to be the ultimate co-pilot for support workers, therapists, counsellors, doctors, so that they can take away nearly all of that admin burden and really work as a uh, kind of co-pilot and augment that experience. People are very weary and potentially scared that AI might replace jobs. I, I don't see it like that. I see it as like an augmented, you work with AI to become a much more efficient and better version of the current work that you do. And I'd really love to see care at the forefront of that because I think that would have the biggest impact on, on people. Beautifully said. James, thank you so much for coming on the show. We've got to have you back. Oh, it's been great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to Tea with Toby. If you found this episode useful, don't forget to share it with one of your colleagues from the sector. And if you have any questions, drop me an email at team at If you're new to Tea with Toby, do check out previous episodes in the season and also look out for future ones. Tea with Toby is produced by specialist care sector digital marketing agency, Prosperwell, caring for the brands that care for others. 
Tea with Toby. 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 Tea with Toby.